Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. I am so glad you're with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, as always, you can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, get the podcast. You should subscribe to it. Get the live stream. You can sign up for my daily email. You should sign up for my daily email. You're missing a lot of good content. If you don't now, I, I I got you. So I'm I'm gonna shake stuff up here and talk about something. Yeah, we we may rearrange the titles for for the hour for the podcast. But I I, I gotta I gotta spend some time on this. Donald Trump referred to uh, people he doesn't like as vermin. The meltdown from members of the press has been, well, equivalent to all of the other meltdowns, all of the other times Donald Trump said something they didn't like. Brian Class, listen to this. Every week we get a new story about how they're gearing up to sort of politicize the Department of Justice and go after their perceived enemies, the rhetoric of the echoes of history. I mean, I study the breakdown of democracy, and I don't know how to say this more clearly. We are sleepwalking towards authoritarianism. And here's Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC. Donald Trump himself knows, uh, what were they called, the Drumpfs? What were they, the, uh, what was his last name, Drumpf? Drumpfs. I think it was the the Drumpfs. The Drumpfs came here uh, from Germany when uh, just having a name, Drumpf, and being from Germany uh, was seen as anti-American and seen as poisoning the bloodstream of America. And now we're going, we're just going full on Hitler uh, yeah. talking about uh, talking about vermin. And of course, it's so interesting. I, I, I don't know who his spokesperson is, but, I, you know, one of these fat white pink boys that likes to talk tough because, oh, it's just they're triggered. They're triggered. We will crush them. <laughs> Uses They will be crushed. Their lives will be crushed. and So you have a bunch of weak people, uh, a bunch of fat white pink boys, a bunch of phony populists uh, that are going around talking tough and unfortunately making threats that we, those of us who love democracy, those of us who actually believe in the American experiment all these years later, have to be worried about. And then uh, Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin. The role of the government, in his view, is to advance his political fortunes and destroy his political enemies. So what would a second term look like? It would look a lot like Vladimir Putin in Russia. It would look a lot like Viktor Orban in Hungary. Illiberal democracy, meaning democracy without rights or liberties or respect for the uh, due process system, the rule of law. And in fact, there's not much democracy left to it because their position is that uh, they don't accept the integrity of any election where they lose. And that is a hallmark of an authoritarian party. They don't accept elections that don't go their ways. They refuse to disavow political violence. They embrace political violence as an instrument for obtaining power. And then everything flows from the will of a charismatic politician, and that is Donald Trump uh, in their book. So we're, we're clearly headed into a completely different form of government than any of us would recognize as continuous with the past. Right-wing authoritarian government in league with Putin she or Ben. Y'all, I'm I'm sorry, but 
I'm old enough to remember Joe Biden prosecuting people who prayed outside of abortion clinics. I'm old enough to remember Democrats excusing riots in the street that destroyed small businesses because they decided that violence wasn't violence if it was against property because there was insurance. I'm old enough to remember Democrats deciding that they didn't want to enforce laws or or fight crimes or keep people in prison because it was bad for minority populations and they needed to unleash a crime wave instead. I'm old enough to remember Democrats believing your children needed pornographic books in elementary schools but needed to keep to kill a mockingbird out of the hands of kids lest they be triggered. I'm even old enough to remember Barack Obama hauling a group of nuns before the judicial system to force them to pay for abortions. And I am old enough to remember left-wing crowds jeering on conservatives on college campuses, shouting down conservative jurists who spoke at law schools, and slandering a bakery at Oberlin College, and the media giving everyone a pass. Listen, I know and like Joe Scarborough. He's been very kind to me in years past, and I understand that Joe Scarborough is appalled at Donald Trump's rhetoric, but I think he's got to understand that when you have pro-Hamas protesters demonstrating in the streets, when you have Black Lives Matters burning down America, when you have a massive crime wave at the hand of Democrats, you've got to at least understand that there are going to be a lot of people who do not care about Donald Trump's authoritarian rhetoric when they see the Democrats as just as authoritarian. They see the Democrats as just as abusive of power. They're going to pick the guy who makes them feel safe, and Democrats don't make these people feel safe, particularly when you have Democrats marching in the streets off college campuses, defending Hamas, slamming Israel. Um, Donald Trump's words don't matter as much as the actions of these people. And this whole idea that somehow denial of elections is unique from the Republicans, where do you think the Republicans got the idea from to challenge the elections? Maybe it was Hillary Clinton with the Russian angle. Maybe it was the Democrats in 2004 who objected to the Electoral College in Congress because they were convinced Diebold through the election to George W. Bush thanks to Ken Blackwell in Ohio. Yes, Democrats in 2004 were the original election machine conspiracy theorists. In 2016, they became convinced the Russians stole the election for Donald Trump, and most of them still are. Stacey Abrams refused to concede the outcome of her election, and Democrats have ever after insisted she was the lawful winner in Georgia. Yet somehow Donald Trump is this unique threat. Do you know why Donald Trump is the unique threat to the Democrats? Because he beat the Democrats. You 
Y'all know where I stand on the man. Not a fan. But for Democrats to be bellyaching about his authoritarianism, they've literally prosecuted a man for praying outside an abortion clinic. They hauled him off from his family. The FBI showed up and dragged him out of his house. And meanwhile, you've got a would-be assassin showing up at Supreme Court justices' homes and protesters, and it's against the law to protest outside of Supreme Court justices' home, and the Democrats did nothing about that. The problem here is how one-sided these conversations are. If these people in the media who bellyache about Donald Trump's authoritarianism were serious, they would be complaining and holding the other side accountable too. They'd be holding the other side accountable for uh, painting Black Lives Matters in the streets of Washington, D.C., when Black Lives Matters is a Marxist organization on the side of Hamas. They would be complaining when these people rampage through the streets, smashing the windows of small businesses and burning them down and then saying it's fiery but mostly peaceful. They would be complaining about these Antifa protesters trying to kill cops in Atlanta and firebombing youth facilities in Atlanta because the company that is in charge of the, of the police training facility happens to have built the youth facility. But they don't care about those things. They only care when Donald Trump calls people vermin and then, oh my God, it's like the return of Hitler. You know who's like the return of Hitler? The Hamas supporters marching in the streets claiming Hitler should have sped it up. Notice how much more attention MSNBC is giving to Donald Trump calling people vermin than they are to the pro-Hamas people marching in the streets of America and across college campuses intimidating Jews. I would actually take these people seriously about their concern of Donald Trump if they took that seriously too, except they don't because it's team sport for them. That's all it is, is it's team sport. Donald Trump bad, Democrats good. No enemies to the left of me. All these crazy Hamas supporters in the streets, let's not even cover them. We got to cover Donald Trump use the word vermin. Oh my God, it's like Hitler. Or it could just be like Michael Savage on radio. I'm sorry, but I would prefer someone other than Donald Trump be the Republican nominee too. But this mass hysteria about Donald Trump ignoring all the things the Democrats have done. Stacey Abrams is an election denier. Hillary Clinton is an election denier. Half of the Democratic members of Congress have denied elections. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez denied Brian Kemp's lawful election in, in Georgia in 2018. You Democrats in 2016 try to convince the Electoral College not to vote for Donald Trump, convinced that he was a Russian plot. I mean, you had Democrats actually pestering members of the Electoral College to reject Donald Trump in 2016. I know, because in 2016, I went to the Georgia State Capitol and watched the left-wing protesters protesting the day the Electoral College met, trying to convince them to change their votes. And somehow they just view Donald Trump as a unique threat to democracy. Where do you think these Trump supporters got their ideas from? It's been Joe Biden who's weaponized the Department of Justice against conservatives. It was Barack Obama who literally sued nuns 
to force them to pay for abortion. It's not like these Republican antics exist in a vacuum. Every time the Democrats take charge of Washington, take charge of the executive branch, they weaponize the government against conservatives. In my view, it's about time conservatives fought back in the same way. If you are opposed to Donald Trump weaponizing the federal bureaucracy against Democrats, maybe you Democrats should stop weaponizing it against conservatives. It was Lois Lerner and the IRS who went after conservative groups do you not think it's time for conservatives to go after Arabella advisors? It sure as hell is. They're going after Leonard Leo right now. They've weaponized the government against Leonard Leo. And they always say, well, I mean, it's just it's a legitimate inquiry into what these conservative groups have done. I will show you some legitimate inquiries against Democratic groups when Republicans take back the White House. And you can bellyache and complain about it all you want. And all I'll do is point out you were silent. When it happened to the other side, because you didn't care that it happened to the other side, because you believed the other side was a unique threat that your side was not, while your side was burning down half of America when it didn't get your way, and you were silent on all of it, or you justified it. So spare me your outrage against Donald Trump, and oh my gosh, he used Hitler-like rhetoric. I do remember Joe Biden standing in front of Marines with a lot of red lighting where he excoriated half of America for being threats to democracy, and he had to use a translator out of the original German for that speech. And yet somehow Donald Trump is the unique threat. The guy you dislike is always the unique threat. The guy you like is always the threat to democracy, when meanwhile, you have Democrats in the streets threatening Jews and trying to kill police and firebombing small businesses. I don't recall Republicans doing that. You kept warning us about white nationalists, and you guys went out there and started burning down fire small businesses, claiming it was a peaceful protest, and it wasn't really violence because the small businesses had insurance. When confronted with that picture, Donald Trump doesn't look so unique, does he? Which is why so many of you refuse to accept the facts on the ground. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint. You want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat, they do onboardings, terminations, they help your team members get to peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team. They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, happy to have you as always. Um, so here's your bizarre one. I assume most of you know what endometriosis is. It's a disease where tissue similar to the lining of the uterus grows outside the universe, uterus. It can cause pain in the pelvis. It makes it harder to get pre uh, pregnant. Um, it can last through menopause. 
and it is uh, something that only women can get endometriosis. Oh, you know where this is headed, don't you? Um, <laughs> oh, a, a, an endometriosis support group has hired and made as a CEO a trans woman. So her name is, her name, his name is Steph. And uh, Steph describes himself as an intersectional feminist and human rights activist uh, and an LGBT officer uh, and a recipient of Inspirational Women of Portsmouth Award. This is a uh, endometriosis of the South Coast support group. It is out of the UK and they have made this guy a, um, the CEO, <laughs> a, a man who will never even has a risk of endometriosis is now the head of a women's endometriosis support group. Because of course, in the 21st century, people have lost their ever living minds. In fact, when we come back, we got to talk about some of the, the, the massive amount of people who took to the streets across the United States and the world over the weekend uh, in support of Hamas. Massive crowd in Midtown Atlanta, New York City, Washington, Los Angeles, Chicago, Miami. Where are these people coming from? Well, if, if you think it's organic and natural, you would be wrong. It's an organized operation. And we'll get to that. But first, I got to tell you, Eden Pure is running a sale on their thunderstorm. Still, the Eden Pure thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than two hundred dollars. You save two hundred dollars. You get free shipping. All you do is go to EdenPureDeals.com and you put in the code Eric E R I C K on the front page of that site. So, what is it? It's an air purifier. It gets rid of the dust. It gets rid of the pollen. It's filterless. You don't have to get a filter subscription. You just wipe it out on occasion. But where it really shines is odor elimination. So, pet odors, smoke odors. Uh, you got a little stinky litter box, uh, got a rental car where someone smoked in it or a hotel room. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm wipes out those odors. You get three of them for less than $200. You save $200. You get free shipping. All you do is go to EdenPureDeals.com. You will see a discount code box on the front page of that site, and you put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, and it'll take you straight to the order. You get three of them. It packs a wallop. You plug it up with a, a USB cord in a car. You can plug it directly into a wall. It's a little bigger than your hand. You get three of them for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your travel bag, your RV. It's highly portable. I travel with one. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. When we come back, where are all these Hamas supporters coming from? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Howdy, welcome. It's Eric Erickson. The phone number, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, let me go to the phones here. So I'm going to start with Patricia. Welcome to the show, Patricia. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Good. What's going on? I just want your feedback on it. I am so frustrated. Why is there no law that, not prohibit, but where there's places and times for the 
picketing or free speech or something like that. Didn't it used to be you were assigned a time if you wanted to protest something? I just don't understand why the law is not stepping in there. And, and I know it's about free speech, but why is there no limit on time and places? To me, it's, they're allowing the destruction. Well, okay, so there there are some limits. Um, like, for example, you, you can't show up in front of hospitals or military bases. Um, most private property you can protest on the public sidewalk in front of. Uh, many times, most times, they require permits. Um, however, mm-hmm. when you have a situation like, for example, the, the um, Antifa protest in Atlanta or some of these other protests out there, they... Uh, the police just simply aren't enforcing the existing laws on the protests and how to protest. Um, if a mass number of people show up in a park or somewhere and protest, they're generally allowed to do that. But when they're marching down the streets and, and disrupting traffic and stuff, they typically have to get um, permitting for parades and stuff. Oftentimes, however, in, in progressive areas of the country, they just they, they don't care. The, the government doesn't care. They're going to let them. They're going to let them march. They can tie up traffic, do whatever. They're going to let them march, uh, and they're going to let them let them get another system as opposed to nickel and diamond them on. Well, you didn't get the right permit. The problem here is that we're we're, we're seeing something happen in this country more often than not. These protests we're seeing in the United States—they're not that spontaneous. They are better organized, I think, than most people realize. Um, so there are apps. Uh, there's WhatsApp, which is a messaging app. Uh, Telegram is one of the, the messaging apps. And Telegram does massive group chats. And Telegram is where a lot of the fringier groups on the Internet exist these days. And they organize on apps like Telegram and WhatsApp, and they message each other. And if you know the right people, you get access to the accounts and they're organized by a lot of progressive groups that believe in mobilization and protest. Arabella Advisors is one of the shadowy progressive groups that manages money for the wealthy progressive set. Uh, I think George Soros runs some money through there. Essentially what Arabella Advisors does is it allows uh, philanthropists on the left to fundraise for progressive causes with money uh, overseen by Aravella advisors that flows it then to progressive groups. They're not the only ones. There are a number of left-wing foundations, the Ford Foundation and others, that fund money to these left-wing causes, and much of the money comes from progressive trust funders. So, for example, uh, the the Getty Foundation is funded by the oil profits of John Paul Getty, and his descendants are now very far-left trust funders who are using the money to fund climate protests against big oil companies that ironically funded the Getty Trust. Side note, tangent. I want to grow my radio show. I want to get rich off of radio. I'm probably the last person who thinks she can still make some money out of radio. I would like to 
grow my revenue significantly, to provide my family a more comfortable existence, to be able to have access to a private jet, net jets, priority jet, something to be able to, when I want to take a trip, I don't have to rely on Delta. I can just summon a plane and go. I want a lot of money so that I can buy land and have a house and no neighbors uh, with lots of land to bury the bodies of the people who show up to bother me and my family. I, 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 I got things I want. I want a beach house. I want money. I do. Make no apologies. I want a comfortable existence for my family and friends. When I take friends of mine to Las Vegas, rarely do they have to pay any money. I, I, I cover the cost. I want to be able to do stuff like that. Now, I, I bring all that up in this as a tangent because I bring it up because I'm more and more mindful of the fact that a lot of the people we see in the streets and organizing these protests come from wealth. And their families, um, they were not churched. Their kids are not churched. They don't share my values. But also what happens over time is even among people who are conservative and of faith, their children and grandchildren, if left to their own devices with lots of money, lose their way. Money can corrupt. You cannot serve God in money. Money itself is not the problem. It's the desires that money builds within people that are the problem, and we see this on the left more and more. Uh, you have godless secular atheists of the left who are trust fund kids who come down to Atlanta and decide to, to go kill police officers to stop trying to, to stop their police training facility. You have trust fund kids out burning Israeli flags on college campuses. They are privileged. They've never had to live a hard existence. Mom and dad write checks for them. They don't appreciate what it means to work and to serve. Uh, they're, they're self-centered, ungrateful, and spoiled. I don't, as much as I want money, I don't want that for my kids. To some degree, I guess it's, it's good for me that uh, my show is growing and my income is growing as my kids are getting older. So my one kid will be off to college next year and the other one's got uh, three years left before going to college. So um, they will be out and working and, and making their own way in the world as opposed to I know people who are extremely wealthy, who have young kids, and those young kids have never known not having a private plane and a nanny and multiple houses. And a lot of what we're seeing out there right now are these trust fund kids who have a progressive worldview, who don't understand what it means to be a small businessman, who don't understand what it means to make a payroll, who don't understand what it means to get up every day and go to work from 9 to 5 or 8 to 5 or however you do it. They don't understand it. They don't live in that world. They resent that world. They don't like that world. They are hostile to that world, and they do not appreciate that world. And so they give their money or their time and their talents to causes that are anathema to those things. And they somehow think that they can make the world a better place by undermining the very core existence of how the world got to where it is as a good place. Capitalism has elevated more people out of poverty than any other ideology. It's not a bad thing. It's helped the poor become rich. It's not a coincidence as we've added more socialist elements to our national infrastructure and way of life that it's harder now for the poor to become rich and there's a huge income gap. That has everything to do with government socialist policy and not capitalism. But these people are out marching for causes that they do not appreciate. I dare any one of the Gays for Palestine supporters to go be openly homosexual in Gaza City and see what happens to you. I, I dare you to. 
I, I saw a big sign the other day. It said, Queers for Palestine. I dare you as a queer person to go openly be a queer person in, in the Palestinian territory of Gaza and see what happens to you within 24 hours. You're not going to be waving the rainbow flag in Gaza City and live to tell about it. But they don't really care. They don't really care. They're there to protest. And that's the thing that's happening right now is a lot of these people have nothing better to do but protest. Their life revolves around protest. So I, I've, I've got a book coming out next year, You Will Be As Gods. And, and one of the things we touch on is how uh, secularism is becoming a religion. It has all the elements of religion. It has liturgies. It has orthodoxies. It has doctrines. It has ecclesiology. What is ecclesiology? Ecclesiology is the way you run a religion, the way you run a church. You have hymn and you have prayer and you have sermon and you have tithing. You have commitments and obligations and you operate in certain ways in a certain uh, liturgy. The left has this as well. Instead of going to church, you go to protest. It is a religious experience for these protesters to go protest. It is a, a tenet of their religion. Muslims go on hajj. Christians go to church. And progressives go to protest. It's what they do. It's like pilgrimage for them. And they get to do it often. And it is more and more organized. And it's organized through left-wing groups on left-wing channels, on left-wing internet sites. And they show up in mass and march through the streets. And they're there for whatever cause you get. You know, Greta Thunberg the other day. Greta Thunberg got scowled at by someone. Greta Thunberg in the Netherlands was on stage at a climate justice rally and allowed these two women from Gaza to come talk about, oh, the poor Palestinians, oh, the poor people of Gaza. And she said, we can't have climate justice without justice for these people. And some guy got on stage, snatched the microphone away from her and said he came here to, to, to protest the climate, not hear about a, not a political sermon about Gaza. It, it's, it's remarkable how in, in progressive circles, you've got to embrace all the other progressive orthodoxies. It's actually way more groupthink than conservatism, where you have conservatives who agree and disagree a lot. But the progressivism, it's not a surprise that Greta Thunberg has come out for climate and for uh, the alphabet gang rights and for the rights of the people of the Gaza Strip and uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, anti-Israel. Of course, it's all part of the orthodoxies of the secular religion taking shape, and they are highly organized people. The climate justice people organized with the pro-Hamas people, organized with the Black Lives Matters people, organized with the climate people, organized with the, it's a, the circle goes on and on and on. And they use Internet apps and they coordinate it, and every time there's a protest, they all show up. Even though their cause may be somewhat different, they come for that cause too because it is a religious act of service for them to participate in the protest. And if they get arrested, they become martyrs for the cause. There's a lot of martyrdom in this new secular religion, but it is deeply organized. It is not a spontaneous act of faith. It is organized behind the scenes and they get people to show up. And what you should be stunned by are the numbers of people showing up. It's the climate activists suddenly become the Palestinian activists, become the gay rights activists, become the, the, the uh, liberation activists, become the Black Lives Matters activists. It's all the same people turning out for the same causes, all different causes, but the same people. They show up over and over and over for the secular protest. 
because it's a religious act. It fulfills something in their soul that tells them they need to be a part of something greater than themselves. Normal people go to church. Crazy people go burn down America in the name of protest. It's what the left does these days, and we should all be alarmed by this growing violence within it, growing uh, idea of, of 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 engaging in violence, all while at the same time saying it's not violence. Words being twisted on in to get them out of a out of responsibility for their actions. This is what's happening more and more. It's becoming increasingly dangerous, and it's spreading around the world. These left wing agitators are increasingly violent, and they will come for you and me at some point, unless we deal with it effectively. And to deal with it effectively, we've got to have a Department of Justice that doesn't actually go after conservatives praying at abortion clinics, but goes after protesters who are burning down America in the name of some sort of left-wing justice cause. Now, I got to move on. So my wife this weekend, she got on the Christmas card kick. We got Christmas cards coming out. I had to collect addresses from a whole bunch of people. And we're going to go through a company and, and we're going to let them just just mail everything ourselves because so much of it's going to business people. And I started thinking it, it's it's like what I do with stamps.com and you can too for your small business where we've got personal gifts to send and Christmas cards and stuff like that. For my business, I've got stuff to send to program directors as thank yous and then I've got stuff to send to certain listeners and I let stamps.com handle it all. I go to stamps.com. I have a printer, I have my computer, I can print out the labels, I can arrange pickup at my office. It's so easy. I never have to go to UPS or the post office to stand in line. And I get their premium rates and I get them with great discounts. I find the cheapest option. I find the fastest option. I can save up to 84% off their rates. Helps my bottom line for my business. They've been around for 25 years and you can use them too. Here's what you do. You go to stamps.com and you put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K as your promo code. You click the microphone, you put in Eric, you get a four-week trial, you get free postage, you get a free digital scale to help you weigh your packages, get everything right, and then you get a little thermal printer, you get that, you label your packages, and they come pick them up. You arrange pickup at your office. You don't have to stand in a line. You save time. You save money. Oh, you don't have to do the holiday lines at the post office. My goodness, you don't want to do that. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, you take advantage of this offer. You have no long-term commitment. You have no contract to sign, but you start saving today. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, um, Secret Service agents protecting Joe Biden's granddaughter opened fire when three people tried to break into an SUV. I don't know if you guys have heard about the story, but there's a there's a missing point that I think needs to be made. Secret Service agents protecting Joe Biden's granddaughter opened fire after three people tried to break into an unmarked Secret Service vehicle in the nation's capital. Says a law enforcement agent, they were protecting Naomi Biden, who was out with um, in Georgetown. They saw three people breaking the window of the parked, unoccupied SUV. Uh, one of the agents opened fire, but no one was struck by the gunfire. The three people were seen fleeing in a red car. When did the Secret Service get taken over by stormtroopers? Not the Nazi kind, the Star Wars kind. How do Secret Service agents open fire and not hit anybody? That's the big story to me. 
You got Secret Service agents opening fire in Washington, D.C. on guys trying to steal a Secret Service vehicle, and they managed to hit nobody. I mean, not even innocent bystanders. Were they even trying to shoot somebody? You're not supposed to fire into the air. You're not supposed to brandish your firearm. Even if you're the Secret Service, you're not supposed to fire a shot into the air because the bullet comes down somewhere. And they didn't hit a person. How bad a shot are the Secret Service guys? They could be stand-ins in Star Wars for the stormtroopers. But the other issue here is that Washington, D.C. has become a third-world hellhole for crime. Carjackings are happening so often that the police are telling people how to avoid carjackings by driving in the center lanes of multi-lane highways uh, and in, in some cases, even run red lights. If you think your life depends on it, run a red light. It, it's bizarre that the crime in Washington has gotten that bad. Um, somebody needs to clean up Washington, D.C. They're not doing it themselves. Someone needs to step in and do it.